Hey, you got him with this one, Doc. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the knob on top What is up? Welcome, welcome, welcome all my doodadders Future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in This is Dad Hard with a podcast And as always, I am your host, Mo Green Happy quarantine, cause we're still in it as we all very well know. Um, but I hope everybody is doing good. Everybody's happy and healthy. Before we start, as usual, I want to say to connect on the fatherhood brotherhood. Shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod and check out the website, wedadhard.com, where this episode will be Right at the top of the tops, you can listen to the entire playlist, every single one of the last now 51 episodes of Dad Hard with a Podcast. That includes season one, it includes season two, it includes this episode, last week's episode, the first episode, the second episode, the 13th episode, every single one. And like I said, we are now on episode 51. We're going to call this the Bernie Williams since we're in baseball season right now, it's the baseball playoffs. I had to shift from basketball to baseball. So we're at episode 51, the Bernie Williams episode. Um, happens to be my dad's favorite Yankee of all time, Bernie Williams. Uh, but anyway, I digress. This is episode 51. If you missed episode 50 last week's episode, it did drop a little bit later in the week last week. Dropped on like Thursday. Uh, normally, I try to get these out Tuesday, Wednesday. But... I did a little bit of a different format. I did the first ever Dad Hard mailbag where I went into uh, all old emails, DMs, Facebook messages, and then even like calls, texts, um, and questions that have actually come up on the show from guests, um, or not even necessarily come up on the show, but from guests that have been on the show and then asked me questions afterwards. You know, people think that I, because I have a parenting podcast and I'm an expert in parenting, but. I just learned from every single dad that I have talking on here. As I say, always, it is kind of selfish of me. But you know what? That's how we all become better people from learning from one another, right? So, uh, but no, that was really cool. It was a different format, doing a little bit of a mailbag. So if you missed that, check that out. It will be right below this episode on WeDadHard.com or wherever you get your podcast listening on. So um, check it out and let me know what you think about the mailbag episode. If you have questions, as always, you can shoot them at me. I can't really give you advice, but I can tell you what I did and what worked for me. Um, and maybe that'll work for you. Maybe it won't, but you know what? It's the best I got. So, you know, shoot me over any questions that you have, dadhardpod at gmail.com or DM on Instagram at dadhardpod or on facebook.com slash dadhardpod. Enough of that. Let's get into this week's episode. This was actually a big week uh, in development. I know on episode 49, right? So a couple weeks ago, I talked about how my daughter took her like real first steps, right? Um, now she is full blown freaking walking. Like she loves to walk. My uh, my mother uh, spent the night, she babysitted and spent the night over the weekend and my daughter was just like running rampant, like running to her into her arms. It was so awesome. She doesn't get to see her all that much, especially in the pandemic. So it was fantastic that uh, my mom was here and my daughter just kept, she just, all she wanted to do was just run into my mother's arms, just run into my mother's arms. And she wanted to like show off that she can walk. Like it was, it was really cool. I had spoken on the pod a couple of weeks ago about how she is kind of, 
backed off from being this show pony, right? For lack of a better term, I know it sounds terrible talking about my daughter like a show pony, but, um, you know, she would do all these tricks and these funny little things. So every time we're around people, we're like, oh, well, do this trick, do this trick, do this. And she just kind of looks at us like we're fucking crazy. Like, what do you think this is? Like, I'm not a circus clown, you know, like what? Uh, but, but, when my mom was over, she wanted to show off all of her tricks. She wanted to do everything. She gave her the whole show. It was like she was Meryl Streep giving off the acting award of her acting performance of the century and trying to win an Oscar over here. You're like it was it was insane. And a big thing was her walking. Um we were at the playground today. She was, you know, walking on her own a little bit there. Um and uh, it's just it's really nutty, man, to watch this, watch this person that you saw come out of your partner's body and be this little nugget of a non-sufficient goo ball, like to now be walking and stuff like it's wild it was um i understand why it's such a massive milestone that everybody talks about now of course the other reason why it's a massive milestone that everybody talks about and is excited for is because it completely changes your life and now you can absolutely not stop watching them at any time at all whatsoever it doesn't matter where the hell you are you cannot take your eyes off them because you know, now that they're walking, they're not like walking like you and I walk on the street, right? All confident and just, hey, I'm walking. This is an everyday thing for me. She's walking like a, a, a combination of uh, a penguin and a mummy that are both drunk and stoned off of their asses. Like, so she could just fall at any minute, you know? So you can't, she could fall at any minute. She could just run into something, can't slow down and, you know, uh, but the falling at this part point is like really is is really worrisome because you know she doesn't really understand her momentum and you can see that she doesn't understand her momentum she doesn't understand her body weight she's very cautious when she walks but but she you can tell that she doesn't understand the the equilibrium and and how to balance herself fully and especially when they're just so excited to now be able to walk they just go and they don't think about anything else so like you know falling is like a real thing i'm like petrified of it um but i'm so so happy for her she's so happy and proud of herself that she's walking now and we make such a big deal out of it we try to instill this confidence in her you know what i mean we're always like yay go good job clap for her you know what i mean um but her walking is 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 this huge deal. It was such an exciting moment to actually see for the first time her walking like a massive amount of steps with a purpose. She was like walking to me. She was like playing with a toy. She stood up and she just walked like halfway across our living room, a good 25, 30 steps right into my arms. And I was like, do it to mommy, do it to mommy. She got up out of, out of my arms and she walked another... 15, 20 steps to, to my wife, uh, jumped into her arms. We were so excited. She was so excited. It was great. Um, and now she's just really kind of doing it all the time on her own. The, the wild thing about her starting this new trend in walking is that it happened, you know, she did like a couple of steps and my wife didn't believe me that, 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 that she actually did it right. When I was, it was just me, her and my father-in-law. Right. And then we went to this like play date where there were, we were in like, um, a, a, a jungle gym, not a jungle gym, but like a, a play gym for babies or whatever. And there were these two girls there, two little girls that were, one was my daughter's age. The other one was her older sister and they were walking like it was nothing like that's what they did they did not crawl they walked and I think that she must have been inspired by that or just wanted to copy the big girls or something like that because it was that night that she started now this full trend of walking constantly it was when she took those those long steps through the entire living room that I just mentioned right both to me and then to my wife 
And she did that that night, right when we got back from this play date. Like, that's what she did. Uh, and it's interesting to see the kids, like, get inspired like that, right? The, like I said, mentioned, the two girls that I was talking about were sisters. And I was talking to the dad about the other one was so young. She was barely a year old and walking like it was nothing. Like, she's been doing it her entire life. Um and I said, well, how did that happen? She said, I think she just watched her older sister and she just wanted to start doing it because her older sister was doing it. So she just did it. And it's interesting because you kind of hear these stories about kids, babies around this age all the time, seeing bigger other kids, bigger kids, bigger babies, etc., and just wanting to emulate what they're doing. They may not be doing anything of the sort that's this advanced, right? And then they see other kids kind of their age that they can kind of relate to and whatever in their own minds or however kids and babies relate to each other uh and then they just want to do it like they're doing it because they saw the older kids doing it so i think that's what happened with my daughter which is why she got like fully inspired this one particular day um because we didn't do anything different we didn't try to like inspire her to walk any more than we have for the last you know, God knows how many months. Um, but she just kind of saw, it's like she saw other kids doing it and she's like, I, I can do that shit too. Yeah. And she, boom, and then she did it. And now she's on her way. Um, now the walking is, is part of one of my biggest nightmares because, you know, if she can walk, that means she can walk away from me, which is, is a earth shattering feeling. But the other earth shattering feeling that I have always said is going to be my biggest nightmare and uh, my biggest fear in having a kid, especially a baby girl, is learning them learning how to say no. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we have hit that nightmare because now she just wants to respond to every question with, no, Aurora, do you want to go outside and get some ice cream? No, Aurora, do you want to eat your broccoli? No, Aurora, do you want some milk? No, Aurora, do you want to do something really cool that you're going to love and I promise you it's going to be fun and daddy's going to make it the funnest thing ever? No. She, everything, she answers no. It's like the most crushing, soul-crushing, heartbreaking thing to hear. Your daughter just telling you no to everything you said after she, you know, you're so used to her being excited about everything. You like smile at her and you say, oh, hey, you want to go out to the park? She's like, ah! she gets so excited now it's no i'm like come on man yeah not everything can be no like we're gonna do something that's really fun it doesn't matter she just likes to say the word no and it is going to be the bane of my existence i am very upset about it uh and that's all i'm gonna say about that because it's only going to get worse as she gets older because she's actually going to figure out what the word no really means Understand that she's been saying it for months and months and months already, and then she's just going to continue to say it more and actually mean it. So I'm going to now hold my hat on the fact that she doesn't know what the word actually means. It's just a new sound for her, and she hears mommy and daddy say it, so she just says it, and I'm going to try not to take it to heart. But, of course, that's going to change very soon, and then I'm going to be completely heartbroken, and you will no longer hear this excitable young man talking to you every week on this podcast. I will be sad and depressed and very monotone. Um, With that said, the last thing uh, from this week is that Daddy decided to try to diet because this pandemic has been a nightmare for keeping any sort of figure that is not Charles Barkley round, um, you know, uh, it, you know, you're just trying at the beginning, we're just like loading up on food because we didn't know if there was ever going to be food in a grocery store ever again, because there was no food in the grocery store for like three months. So we just grabbed everything that we possibly could and loaded up and, you know, daddy's just been going to town and eating it. Um, so I tried to start going on a diet, um, Last week, and the only really diet that I can keep for myself personally is going on like a paleo style diet where it's really just like fruits, vegetables, meats. Um, because if I don't cut myself off from the pastas and the breads and all that stuff, I will just 
eat the pastas and the bread and the cheeses and all that stuff. Everybody says everything is fine in moderation. Not for this guy, all right? And as a former fat kid, this is now a third worst nightmare that is about to happen to me all within the same week. So um, I had to go on a diet uh, and going on a diet with a child that eats food, Right, and then sometimes she she eats what we the same thing we eat. We cook a lot, so you know we'll cook food for ourselves, take off a portion, and 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 have it for her, whatever. But she also eats fucking kid food, right? She eats fucking frozen chicken fingers and chicken nuggets and chicken dinosaurs and broccoli dinosaurs and cauliflower hash browns and regular hash browns and macaroni and cheese and freaking uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and grilled cheese and uh, who the, the Campbell's not we don't give a Campbell's soup actually I just was going to say tomato soup and it with alphabet soup right and you give alphabet soup all organic chocolate milk and ice pops and you know she eats kids stuff, right? She eats a lot of food that we eat. So she does eat that stuff. I'm not giving my daughter just solely junk food, but she's a, a kid. She's a baby. There's some times where you just can't have the wherewithal to cook for her or for an extra person. And, you know, you just, or you order in and there's no leftovers. So you got to do some frozen foods. But the the greatest thing about being a parent Right when your kid is eating food, is that you get to relive your childhood eating habits along with your kid. Because if they don't finish all of it, or if you need to try it to make sure that it's not too hot or it's cooked all the way, you know, you get to eat the macaroni and cheese and the chicken fingers and the waffles and the pancakes. That's the best thing about being a parent with a kid that eats regular food is you can get them all the food that you loved when you were a kid but can no longer eat unless you want to look like Charles Barkley shape. And, uh, you know, now you go on a diet and not eating that is the hardest thing because now you can't, you want to eat it, right? That's number one. But if you, if your daughter doesn't eat it or your kid doesn't eat it, then it's just going to go to waste. And then you feel bad about wasting food. So now I'm in this conundrum, like, what am I, am I just going to waste this food? It's perfectly good food. She just didn't want to eat it. And I can't eat it because I'm on a diet, so I can't eat the waffles and the pancakes and all that stuff and the chicken fingers and macaroni and cheese, right? Because I'm on this diet, right? I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to get back to some semblance of, of, of shape that's not round. Uh, and it's a huge conundrum that I'm in. And it's very disappointing to me. It's very difficult. Uh, so dads out there, you got any tips on how to diet with a, a child that's eating her food and eating like regular food, not the mush and, and the milk and all that stuff? You know, they're onto solids. You got any tips? for how to get by on a diet. Maybe I just have to force her to eat my diet too. Maybe that's the answer right there. It's just baby's going on a diet also. Um, But any tips out there that anybody has for ways to have self-control in dieting (laughs) with, with a child eating solid foods, Please shoot them my way. I will very much appreciate it. Um, but th- that's been that's been my conundrum this week from the parenting side is attempting to diet and not eat my daughter's leftover food. You know, uh, the Cheerios are the hardest. When she leaves Cheerios and the milk in there, oh man, God, that really, really is my childhood. Slurping the milk out of the bowl. Oh God, if you don't remember that, psh, I don't believe you. Anyway, I have gone on way too long already. Uh, I am going to jump into the musical break. And on the other side, we'll be back with my guest for the week. He has become a, 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 a friend of mine over the last couple of months. We met via Park Slope Parents. I will get into the entire introduction during the interview. Uh, he is the VP of product for the New York Post. His name is Michael Liss, and he is coming up after the musical break. And I will catch you on the other side. Just small saying shit to your face So I do it over keys and bass 
Listen, girl, I've been holding this back now for a while. I just couldn't bear the thought and not seeing you smile. Swear a piece of me dies inside every time you cry. But I'm holding back these lies behind these brown eyes. And girl, it's about time that a king king. Cause I never... Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways? Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Remember the sandbox? Little league ball felt like the sandlot. I was the bambino, the salt on the swap. And Doc was more like Benny We are back with this week's episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. And as always, you know when that music break hits, it is time for the guest segment of the show. And this week, like every other week, I have a phenomenally special guest here with me today. We actually connected super organically, right? This is the essence of the dad life connections that you make once you're a parent. Uh, we are both part of the parent community, Parkstow Parents, and he actually passed on a journal entry that he wrote uh, reflecting on his first week as a dad five years later on his daughter's fifth birthday. And uh, he shared it with the dad email group uh, of Parkslow Parents. And I was so enamored by, by it, by reading it. I reached out to him and I just said, yo, man, uh, this was fantastic. What inspired you to do it? Ask him some questions about it. And the last question was, do you want to come on a podcast? And he gracefully accepted uh so with no further ado i would like to introduce you to fellow boston celtics and boston sports fan and also the vp of product at the new york post my main man michael liss how are you sir i am doing well though i am excited thank you i mean the whole great thing about how we met through parks with parents dads is just that it's a chance to meet dads and just to connect on yeah. that thing and then you find all these guys that you would be friends with anyway yep. you have a million other things to be friends or to talk about anyway yep. but then when you layer on the connection and the context of why you met and how you met and the experiences that you're going through whether they've been a dad longer than you whether they're a newer dad than you whether you have the same dad level it's just such a really great way to to connect with people you might not have otherwise bumped into in your life. It's also it's also been a great outlet, you know what I mean? Just like, you know, all the time you know you're on the emails like, "Hey, I need uh this this and this" or "Hey, my kid's not sleeping. Like, what can what can I do?" You know, it's a really great outlet to get assistance and then connect on that level, you know what I mean? Um and sometimes it's easier to like talk about that type of stuff with like guys that you don't really know as opposed to like your friends sure. that like already have, you know, you don't want to like be embarrassed and like sound like uh oh i don't know what i'm doing and you have it all together so i'm not gonna like ask you what's going on it, it's a it's a nice it's a really nice thing it was fantastic i actually had um susan fox on the pod uh a few oh, months wow, ago oh it was hol- i don't normally use the word hoot but there's uh, very few other words to it, use for susan fox abso- absolutely uh it was definitely a hoot um and it was actually right at, it was actually the last in-person interview that i did for the pod it was literally like the day mm-hmm. that like coronavirus was like really breaking and everything like that so um but no, it's been fantastic. How is how is the quarantine? I can't, you know, I can't really start any other interviews these days without talking about quarantine. How's it's been? How how has it been treating you? I mean, look, I'm not going to complain because I know that it's been rough for so many people in so many ways, and I feel fortunate that we've just muddled through. I mean, obviously, I think there's the continuous readjustments mentally and emotionally, but look, we've all been healthy. We've been able to work. So compared to some of the stress that our friends, family, colleagues, et cetera, have been taking on, I just feel fortunate not to have, uh, you know, had to had to have that direct experience. For sure. Um, your your daughter is five years old. How, yep, just turned five. So she's like in the muck of kind of actual school. How is how's that process worked? I'm always interested to kind of like find out what that my daughter's 14 months so i don't have to worry about that right. you know um but how has that adjustment been well i mean the adjustment 
there's two adjustments, right? There was the original adjustment to public school when she did pre-K last year. Sure. And that wasn't actually that big a deal for us. She'd been in daycare since three months. Um, oh, wow. We were just dropping her off somewhere else. You yeah. Know? And obviously it became a lot more formal. There were a lot of other concerns to work with it, but that was a pretty smooth transition for everybody. This year she started kindergarten, but this year was just about the moving target that, you know, 1.1 million families in this city alone have been going through of what is school going to be like this year, which was changing as of two days, two business days before school was even meant to start. Yeah, for sure. When they pushed things back even further and, you know, a lot of families making last minute decisions, whether they're going to try to do hybrid or in person and what was right for their situations. And then once even things started, it was just a moving target. We're doing hybrid. Okay. So she goes in two days a week. Okay. But it's just getting used to the schedule and what that means and what happens on the other days and getting zoom links after the zoom meeting was supposed to start and not really knowing what their assignment was, but also they're in kindergarten. So what, so what could their assignment be right anyway? And yeah, it's, I feel like now we've settled until of course this COVID spike knocks everything out again. It took a while to find the rhythm for sure. How many, how many kids, when she goes in for the two days, like how many kids are, are there? In- There's only like seven or eight because I think it might even, it's six, seven or eight. I'm not okay. positive because they split everything into cohorts gotcha. and then they divide the cohorts in half. So like she's Monday, Tuesday in person for her teacher. Okay. But then her teacher has another cohort that's Thursday, Friday. Gotcha. And she happens to be in the smaller of those two. Okay. So on her days, there's only six or seven kids. For sure. Which is great from a learning perspective and also to from a safety perspective. And can mitigate the health situation. For sure. The fewer the kids, the better for everybody, health safety wise. For sure. Absolutely. Um, ugh, that's just so, that's so great. It's just all so fucking nuts. Like I, I say it all the time. Like I feel bad for, like, when it all hit in the beginning, I felt, I feel so bad for, for parents of kids that are like your daughter's age and then like above, because that's who is going to end up like actually like affected by, by this stuff. I mean, obviously then college and high school kids, whatever, but you know, I, um, I'm glad that my daughter is only 14 months and not 14 years, you know? Um, but speaking of years of age and, and your daughter being five, uh, the whole reason why I reached out to you and I was so interested to to talk to you um, is because you did something that I now regret that I didn't do, right? And because of my regret, it was kind of part of the reason why I started this podcast. But when you were a brand new dad, first weekend, you kind of took like notes or made a journal entry uh, about your first week as a dad, the feelings, emotions, et cetera, the happenings, all that stuff. So number one, what sparked you to decide that you wanted to do that, that that was an important thing for you to do because I would not have been able to even think about doing that amongst all the shit that was going on that first week of fatherhood. Like, why was that important to you? Before I answer that, I just want to say that you might have regretted not writing down a few paragraphs at the beginning, but since then you've done what fifty odd podcast episodes. So, yes, so for sure, you've lapped me fifty <laughs> times over since then. So there was a few things really. One is that, I mean, my background is writing; it always yep. has been, and I've been in and out of media my whole professional career, as well as the creative writing and the media stuff that I was doing in school. So for me, that's just the natural means of synthesizing my thoughts. Sure. So there's a level to which it was that. There's a level to which not trusting memory and realizing how quickly everything is going by uh-huh. that to try to grab it and get it down. For sure. And there is also another level where I did originally intend to see if it was something that we would run in the New York Post. And right. I had sent it in to some of my colleagues, but I was on paternity leave and, you know, I never followed up and it just sort of got buried. And that's not to say they would have run it anyway, but <laughs> we never really circled back on, sure. on it happening. Um, partly because as this podcast tries to go against the grain of, there's not that much dad stuff. No, right. There. There's Absolutely. not that much parenting stuff focused on the dad experience. Absolutely. And to have a chance to 
potentially put something out there for other dads was a nice idea too. And so while that didn't happen five years ago, that is what happened as she was turning five. Right. Right. So, so for, for the first time for back when I first wrote the first version of what I've learned my first week as a dad, right? it was like, how do I take my trying to understand this experience, my trying to remember this experience. And then you flash forward to her turning five and I hadn't looked at this thing in forever, and I hadn't ever ended up doing anything. Yeah, what with this? Did you did you always? I guess I guess I don't mean to cut you off, but did you always intend to like look back at it five, ten years later, or did that also just kind of spark out of thin air when she turned five? I knew it was ultimately. I mean, I was writing it ultimately to read again in the future, sure. right? As a reflection of that moment, and as trying to remember and memorialize something of that moment. And I mean, you know how like. 5, 10, 15, 20, these are arbitrarily significant sure. birthdays just because of the numbers they happen sure. to be. But nonetheless, leading into it, I was like thinking about her turning five, which makes you start thinking about all these things. I was like, I should dig out that piece and I should see what I think about that piece. And I will also say I was I was looking for something to do writing-wise. I had posted a couple other pieces mm. on Medium right before that about a whole different experience. And I was just saying, like, well, can I keep keep this going with just finding random things to write about that are worthy of actually trying to put out there? Yeah. And it's just sort of all these different things turned into me deciding to make a run at this and just taking the draft of the original draft to me, like, can I turn this into something else by trying to layer a five years later perspective on what I wrote, or is it just going to be flat? And the only way to do it is to do it is just to start doing it yep. and find out. Right. For so, sure. and I can't really answer the question for myself, <laughs> what the final result was, but to the extent that a few people seem to have enjoyed it, like that's nice. Yeah. Have you gotten, have you like gotten uh, good feedback on, I mean, obviously I know I hit you back. I know that there was a, a, a pretty lengthy back and forth on that, on the, the dad email of a lot of guys uh, reading it and appreciating it the way that I did. Um, have you gotten anything else beyond, beyond the park to parent stuff? If people like reached out and, and gave you some feedback on it. It was mostly the parks of parents part, which I have to go back. <laughs> Our membership lapsed in the middle of all of that. So I don't know if there were any posts that I missed. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that there were. It could have very well run its course by then. But there might have been a couple. No, there were a bunch. I can tell you that much. There were definitely a bunch. I'll have to go back and see if I can find it on the actual message board version of that. Um, You know, some colleagues, some more colleagues. It's not like, you know, it's not like this thing had 700,000 hits. And, like, you know, I heard from people all around the world. But as, as people, you know, to go back to where we started, which is connecting as parents, it was a nice way to take some of my work colleagues and connect with them as yeah. parents too, by sending this to them Yeah, nice. and sharing that with them. For sure. That's awesome. Uh, what was like the biggest thing that you like didn't remember from that for when you look back at it, what was like the biggest standout moment that, you know, you wrote about five years ago and then five years later, you're like, Oh my God, I completely even forgot that that happened. It wasn't so much an individual moment as much as that, like, I didn't have too much to, like, retort, you know? Like, yeah. it, it it sort of held up for me. And I'm not going to say whether it held up as a piece of writing, per se, but just as, like, the exercises, sorry, the observations. Yeah. The observations that I made still completely held water to me now. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, why do you think that is? Do you think that it's just been kind of a smooth growth progression for for your daughter or for you as a a parent is did you expect there to be changes and not necessarily hold up i think part of it is just like you jump in and have to figure it out so quickly right sure um and some of it is just that some of it only narrowly applied to that moment sure to those really early stages i know but it was an interesting time capsule, right? It was yeah. an interesting time capsule just to see yeah. where was my head at then. And guess what? It all still made sense. And whether that made sense as in it's still completely relevant today or whether it just made sense as I can remember and validate having that's those what feelings ha- yeah. and that being like a prolonged period of infancy, newborn, hood, all of that stuff. Like 
it just kind of worked. It was a nice little thing to dig out. And the other thing that I've been doing too is like I and I mean this is literally an old Google ad, but I I set up a email account for Juliet like way back in the beginning, and I've sent her like notes and letters, but also just oh. like if I'm emailing photos or video to my parents and my grandmother, yeah. stuff like that, I'll CC her on it as well. Oh, that's awesome. So there is this whole like archive on Gmail for her for at whatever age she decides she wants to dig through that. That's and really some cool. of it is just pictures and experiences, but some of it are pretty long, pretty long letters. Like, you know, this whole working from home thing and everyone being around their kids all the time. Yeah. For me, there's a little bit of everything else coming around because I was doing daddy daycare day once a week. Oh, cool. Since, since as soon as my wife went back to work. Cool. So from three months, I was working from home on Fridays with, with Juliet and actually trying to get work done. And through that experience, that was every stage of her development, right? From yep. three months until she was ready to start pre-K. So that's from the early days where she's taking these two very long naps and you can carve out your time and your day still works just in a very elongated form to it just being like an absolute battle. If at the end of the day, when my wife came home, we were both still standing yeah. and I had at least pretended that I got some work done too. Yeah. Oh, but you know, it was, that was a pretty amazing experience, but I wrote, like I wrote her a pretty long note at the end of that, and oh, that's awesome. it was one of the only like more personal, emotional things that I ever posted on social media. Just yeah. like the last day of Daddy Daycare Day, little did I know we'd be getting seven months. Yeah, right, 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 you you'd <laughs> be going to do it all over again a year later. But like that last Friday before she was starting pre-K, that was like that was kind of one of my most emotional days as a as a father what was that like what was that like for you making that big transition from being with her every friday or you know at least like one day a week and seeing all of that development because like you know i I did the same thing for a very long time i did daddy daycare a a lot once my wife went back to work um you know and then she was doing daycare half days like for a couple months and then all of a sudden covid hit and now She's right. Yeah. She's right back in the Not mix. Not the jokes on all of us. Uh, exactly. Now, daddy and mommy daycare. Right. So like I didn't really have that prolonged experience where like I was no longer doing dad daycare with her. I kind of jumped in sort of out and then right back in. What was that emotionally like for you to know that you weren't going to have that day anymore? I, I am someone who's like as certainly my wife and friends will tell you like a bit overly sentimental. Uh, and overthink things so it was a lot like I spent a lot of time leading up to that kind of knowing it was coming it was look there was a relief that I was getting part of my ability to to work and function again back for sure but no it it was it was a lot to have had that experience to have been able to have spent that day and it wasn't just getting to see those stages of development and experience it but in a kind of one-on-one private person. For sure, 100%. And everything from, like I said, like drooling and poop everywhere to like (laughs) actually going out to get a slice of pizza Pizza, on Friday because it's Daddy Daycare Day lunch. Yeah. And for our very last Daddy Daycare Day, I took her to Coney Island, which is her happy place. Awesome. And, you know, we just ran up and down the beach and we went on the Wonder Wheel. That's awesome. And, you know, she was aware and knew what Daddy Daycare Day was and this was the last one before school. So, you know, it went from something that was me taking care of an infant to something that we could actually experience and share together, father yeah. and daughter. Yeah, that's a long, that's a long period of, of time to be doing that and to, and to share those experiences. Um, I mean, she must have, was, was she at all like emotional or did she like not like that she doesn't have daddy daycare day anymore? No, I think they just roll with it, man. I I, I would agree it's with just you. Whatever I, in front of them, you know? for sure. They're they're down it, to just it was, do whatever. It was me, not her. For sure, for sure. For sure. It's always I us. Like, I was proud. I was proud to have done it. I was grateful, a to have had the experience and to have had that extra period of time yep. every week of her development for yeah. the first four years. I was grateful that my work situation allowed me to do it yeah. because you know. Now that we've all been working remotely for seven months, it doesn't seem like as big a deal. Back then, it was 
I mean, for some arrangements, for some offices, some corporate cultures, for sure. it was a bigger deal to have had to work out and to have been able to keep doing for that long. Yeah. So I was just grateful that it had worked out to be able to do that. And it's the kind of thing like that never goes away. I always had that experience yep. with her, you know. Yep doesn't get taken away. No, and you always have those you always have those memories and and that's something that you're going to be able to cherish forever. The same way yeah. that, you know, we all need to kind of cherish these the fact that we're getting to spend this time with our kids as they continue to develop uh, as difficult as it as it might be. Yes. Um reflecting back on going back to the, the the article and the thing that you wrote when you were reflecting back on your first year or in or sorry, your first week or while you were in the muck of that first week, um, I'm always interested to find out if dads, like especially new dads, I know you're five years down the line, but you did do that reflection reflection exercise. Uh, did you ever have like a, oh shit, I'm a fucking dad type of a moment? Because I feel like, especially now, I have them more frequently because I'm around her more, but like, I I remember the, still the, the first moment that 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 happened, and it was like right when it was actually right when she was born, and I just like had this. It was a crazy experience, out of body experience. But did you ever have like that moment, or in in the, in the time, or when you were reflecting back on it five years later, did you rehave that moment at all? Well, so from the from the emotional warped perception part of that moment, that would be just like the subway home from the hospital while your wife and you know 12 hour old baby are still in the hospital okay and sitting there on the subway and looking around and being like you were somebody's baby and you were somebody's baby and you were somebody's baby and your parents felt exactly the way i feel about my baby right now about you then and you and you and like literally i was just looking around at every single person on the subway car thinking that um for for the more like being in like dad moments there are two the one that actually involves the baby would be like being on an amtrak from boston with her by myself and oh my god. dealing with a blowout diaper oh but, my like, god kind of, like that's like being in the muck like the, muck, the actual muck. muck yeah the actual muck with her but like the i am a i am now the parent of a newborn moment was so she was born in september 2015 and in October 2015 during the playoffs I was watching a Mets game and I was sitting on the couch my wife was asleep and I'm sitting on the couch I'm holding a can of beer in my arm and it's the eighth inning and I blink and it's like the 11th or the 12th inning oh my god the score changed like two or three times it's extra innings I'm still holding that beer can and I don't even mean like that my hand is on the armrest it just stays standing up actively up. elevated <laughs> without having spilled a single drop. So I fell asleep for like three or four innings of a baseball game oh holding my, my can beer. I was like, yeah. That's that dad life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in it now. Oh my God. If I, if I told you how many times I did something very similar, my wife would probably be very upset with, with, with me that – uh, that that's that's nuts. It's such a crazy experience. Was there anything else that like stood out to you? Um, you know, looking back on on that, like specific, looking back on that that week and reading over the journal entry. Anything else that kind of like jumped out off the page at all? Yeah, sure. Like I remember, I remember how eager I was to go back again to connect with other parents. Like I was like the newborn puppy version yep. of the daddy, yep. and I just wanted to like. <laughs> Yep, like yep, just yep, run up yep. to all the other parents like, Absolutely. I'm a dad too I'm a dad too let's talk about being a dad let's talk about being a parent and you know being in Park Slope not I mean anywhere but being in Park Slope we're just surrounded by this right so yes. I remember in a very very short period of time having Juliet only had been back from the hospital for a few days like seeing some neighbors a few doors down on the stoop that I'd never spoken to before Yeah, and she was like yay pregnant and I've I subsequently found out she's at this point at or past her due date because she ended up being a couple weeks late. And just like total strangers being like, hey, I just had a baby, blah, 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 and just starting to talk. And then even going up to a couple in a supermarket that had their teeny tiny baby infant strapped to the dad's chest 
and just going up to these total strangers and again just start blabbering yeah about being like oh i just got back from my hospital too and blah, blah 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 and like it turned out they were just like two more doors down from the same couple that i had just mentioned so just that that eagerness and like the kind of checking out all the other parents and looking around and being like hyper being aware of being a parent being like, oh, you're a parent too you're a parent too you're a parent we're all parents isn't it funny isn't it funny how like you automatically just have like an immediate connection with any other parent that you meet it doesn't matter where it is or not even that you meet any other parent that you see anywhere in life you just have like this immediate connection with them whether it's grocery store and like they also have like this little newborn infant and you have this little newborn infant right. I'd, I had a moment like this I was in in, uh, in Fort Green Park the other day and this dad who had a, a son that was like six months, six months old saw me with my daughter like playing around and he just like randomly like walked he had his six month old son in his arms he just walked up because he saw that I was another dad and we just like started like talking and, and, and chopping it up about being dads it's I find it so such a funny cultural thing from a parenting side that you are just so inclined to talk to any other parent that's out there that's great though then there's the corollary right which is when you're pushing your stroller down the street and you're like yeah that mom didn't check out my baby what's wrong with her <laughs> You do. my my daughter's in a mode right now where she just loves saying hi to everybody on the street oh, like yeah, she'll be in the, the stroller she'll just be like best. hi 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 and when somebody doesn't wave back at her I'm like dude don't be an asshole like come yeah, on exactly. like she's said hi to you like at least like entertain it she's freaking a, a infant you know what I mean like she's a year old and when, they're, and when they're in the stroller and you're pushing the stroller you can't even see what the kid is doing no. so you only know what the kid is doing because of watching the other parents <laughs> yes. not the other parents it's the other people that are walking the other direction yes 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 react. yes I just see random people like waving at my daughter I'm like oh what? she's saying hi to her she's what? saying hi to them waving around it's it's so funny this parenting thing is is just a, it's it's a wild experience all the way around uh does it get easier five years later you know like for, you know you, you have an interesting thing where you went back and you looked at your first week and now you're five years in Does, between we difference from week one and week 52 times five whatever that number of weeks is uh do you find a difference in is it harder is it easier is there a specific age between the two that you kind of found more daunting or easier to deal with well, I feel like, you know, the easiest stage is kind of that seven, eight, nine, ten months when they're still a bit chill and they're still sleeping and you can still, like, have your evenings after 7.30 and they're starting to maybe only wake up once in the middle of the night, eventually wean them off of that. Um, but once you get past that, I mean, it's all easier. Some of it's harder, too. It's just, you know, the uh, there's that parenting podcast that has the best name in the world, which is like the, the, and now I'm of course going to butcher it is the longest, shortest time. Okay. The shortest, longest time. It would help to actually get this one right. But the idea that like, it's all of these micro periods that while you're in them feel like they last forever. Forever. Yeah. And then you realize, well, that was three months and then yeah. we're on to the next. And you know, one of the things that the way that I closed my piece that we were talking about before was the idea of like, well, whatever you think, you know, now it's about to change on you anyway. So yeah. don't get used to it. Yeah. And like, you just keep going into the next phase and the next phase and developing on. I will tell you, I don't know about easier or harder because they begin to quickly have wills of their own and then they begin to express those wills of their own. And that can certainly be a handful and there's some tantrumy periods, but this has been such a fascinating stretch because just like getting to watch them turn into people. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. What's it's so much fun. Most recently, have you had, being being with her all this time, have you had like another, not like, oh shit, I'm a dad moment, but being like, wow, like I'm like amazed by you being a oh, kid yes, and like learning how to do these things. Or is there specific things that she's doing where you're just like, wow, this is just awesome. Right now she lives in a musical that she is always writing herself amazing she is always singing she is always dancing that's awesome and she will sing like all of her disney soundtracks by which i don't mean just like the princesses stuff but like descendants one two and three zombies <laughs> one and two like all of this stuff but she will create her own songs and yeah. she will just do it spontaneously but the past few days my wife and i have spent a lot of time writing out all of these lyrics 
that she's writing and coming up really? with and then having us all sing it back. Like she's just living in her own technicolor musical and I love it. It That's is awesome. phenomenal. It is so exciting. Are you guys like it a big so much fun. Are you guys a big pusher or big pushers of like music on her to like you like just like to use as expression or to be listening to all the time. I mean, we, we, we do it all the time. Like music is a huge part of my daughter's life as well. Yeah, for She's sure. now just starting to like learn how to like sing and stuff like that. Like learning about tunes and stuff and like kind of singing back these like little, like anecdotal little songs and tunes that we've been singing to her, which is just the cutest thing ever. Cause she can't like say all of yeah. the words, you know what I mean? So like, she'll like sing the tune of like happy birthday. And like, she knows that she, can't pronounce all of the words so she'll just start like sure. mumbling the tune under her breath but she can say happy she'll be happy oh, that's the best. When they're, they're singing along to things that I don't know the words so yeah. they're just enunciating under yeah. the, yes. but they're still yes. enunciating with the right rhythm and yes 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 the right melodies yes it's so it's so funny so are you guys are you guys pushing music on her like or do you play a lot of music in the house or did she kind of just develop that on her own I mean, it's, well it's always on it's not that we're pushing her it's that it's always on like I got through my paternity leave and I got through my daddy dicker days, 100% courtesy of WFUV. Okay. So shout out to them. And uh, <laughs> WFUV on Fridays at 6 p.m., they have a show come on that's called The Whole Wide World, okay. hosted by uh, DJ Rita Houston. And my wife and I were at a Prospect Park concert once a couple summers ago, and we were in the Friends tent. And she was there because FUV is usually a sponsor sure. of the Bandshell series there, Celebrate Brooklyn series. And I went up, to, I just went right up to her. She was there with her partner. I just went right up to her and I said how, I told her the whole Daddy Daycare Day story. Wow. Fridays were Daddy Daycare Day and that it was me and her all day. And then if 6 p.m. came around and I heard, this is Rita Houston and welcome to the whole wide world, I knew that we both made it through. That's awesome. That's we so both good. survived the day. That's so good. But yes, no, music has always been around and like we had her, she's got her Disney princess stuff, but when we had to wean her off of it because it would get her too excited, sure. she just started listening to the Beatles. So she can recognize a Beatles song from, you know, half a bar that's being played anywhere. She listens to all sorts of other stuff too. Like she can sing half of the Hamilton soundtrack. Oh God. That's such a good soundtrack. You know, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's just it's always been around and it's it's a blast. She has she does a lot of art stuff too, like awesome. crafting and arts and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's it's again, it's just like seeing these developmental leaps and everything that kind of gets mixed into that cauldron and that big science experiment of like this growing child and this developing child is just fascinating this this growing i always i always called it when my wife was pregnant i always used to say it's like pregnancy and and having kids is the craziest thing because it's literally two people essentially creating a hybrid human you know what i mean yes. like it's like a hybrid human between these two people there how it works and how it all like functions like that it's, it's so crazy but like the, as they start to grow you can see like the hybrid personalities and the and the sure. look and all that stuff between the two which is just it's so it's so interesting to see it's just uh, phenomenal uh do you have like a favorite do you have a favorite age that that she's been obviously we talked about the easiest and most difficult but do you have like a favorite age so far that she's been i mean to me it's right now and it's what everybody could, says potentially you could have asked me that anytime exactly yeah, well, that's what everybody course, says yeah. because first of all it's a, it's good that people feel that way and are living in the moment as things are changing and developing but and i obviously can't predict the future but like the way she has come into herself from sometime in her threes through now as a as a five-year-old yeah. and again just like seeing what is developing of excuse me of her personality of her interests of her talents of her her little tics and habits and sayings and like what gets her excited and the way she reacts with her friends and stuff like it's just so much fun and so fascinating yeah that's uh, that's 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 always what everybody says and it's funny because I often like don't I wasn't believing people. I was like, like come on favorite age being right now like that's such a cop out answer and 
as I'm going through it, it, it every day is like my favorite day that she's that she's been alive. Every, you know, these last 14 months because it just changes and gets better and gets cooler and these new developments and and they're doing new things and now you can like hang out with them. You know what I mean? They're not just oh, like little sure. blobs anymore. You know what I mean? Well, it's encouraging to hear that's what everybody says because I'd hate to be like, you know, this whole dad thing that really peaked for me two or three years ago. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here in a second because this is this is fantastic. This is great, um, and I appreciate you coming on. But there's there's two questions that I always ask every dad before okay. we we cut, and one of them is extremely selfish on my part. Like I only ask them for my own personal good. Uh, but the first one is, what has been your favorite moment or favorite thing or favorite experience about? being a dad, being on this fatherhood journey, adventure, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what's been your favorite thing about it? Well, I feel like, you know, luckily we've already talked about several of those. Yes. Um, that, that trip to Coney Island on the last day daycare day was really deep and meaningful for me. Um, again, like going back to like the right now theme, just like watching this person emerge. Yeah. But if you just want to take like the, the, the little micro moments it's like walking down the street and she just takes your hand without you reaching out to offer yours like that to me just still melts my heart especially because like that expires man that yeah. only lasts so long you know yeah they get yeah. a little bit older and that doesn't happen anymore so and not even happened today so that that really still melts me every time uh, that's such a good one uh, and it's such a good one because like you said it and it's something i never think about right and I just think about now every time I'm walking my walking her in the stroller and she's like starts like freaking out. She doesn't want to be in there anymore. I'm like, I go to the side of the stroller, like in the front and I like pull her by the, the front bar and the stroller. And when she just like reaches out to like grab my yeah. hand, I'm just like, Oh, this is the best thing ever. Like you love me. This is awesome. You know, and that's you're just a, walking down the street and you're not even looking and she's just holding your hand. All yeah. of a sudden. Like she just, you didn't even look down. It just happened. And it's like, ah, yeah. That's all. Awesome. Like when you're, I mean, when you when you first start out, we were talking so much about those early days. One of the most intense things I remember from the early days, which never ended up in the piece. If I was going to go back and revise it, I should throw this in. Is just like how much being a new father felt like having the most intense eighth grade crush ever. <laughs> that is amazing. That's such. That might be the best quote that's ever been said on this podcast. That's <laughs> phenomenal. It's. It's also such a perfect analogy. Like it really, really, really is. Except you're not your crush is not an eighth grader, it's on a little child. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> your heart is pounding. You can't believe you have these like hormonally non adjusted emotional feelings towards this thing. You're jealous for their attention. You always want to be like touching them, touching them, touching them. It's just like and it's so overwhelming. Yeah, and you it's get, like that whole like my heart leaps from my chest doesn't make sense to you yeah. until you you're a parent. And then it's like, hundred percent. I know what that feels like. Now. Yeah. hundred percent. I thought it's so funny. I talked to, talked to one of my best friends who actually, um, had his daughter like, like basically right as like COVID actually more like in the middle of COVID, um, and whatever. And I talked to him and he said a similar thing. He was like, I never really like was like down with like babies. Like they're two, three, four years old. I can like play catch with them and like throw a football. Like I'm in, but like baby, he's like, and he goes, I have now a daughter. She's an infant. She's a baby. I love babies. I like only want to be around babies. Like it's the only thing I just only want to be around kids. If I'm not going to be around kids, I'm not coming. You know what I mean? Like it's, but it, but it's so funny how that, how that kind of switch just, flips yeah. on and it's off, intense. you know, intense. It's, and it, it's, it's intense. It's chemical and it's biologically rigged to happen. It's yeah. the survival and propagation of our species. For sure. For sure. Can't exactly go against that grain very no. easily. No, that's very, that's very true. Um, that's actually awesome. Oh, the handholding thing. I just now can't stop thinking. I like, I'm actually <laughs> feeling my daughter, like grabbing my hand, like from the stroller. It feels amazing. Um, the second question I ask is this selfish question so uh -huh. that I can – I asked it specifically to learn lessons on how to be a better dad. And obviously for anybody listening that's behind you, me in, this, in, the, in the process, um, what's the biggest piece of advice that you 
could give based on your five years of experience. Um, you did this amazing exercise looking back at that first year. So like uh, very recently. So I feel like you have like a, you have a very recent like extensive memory or, 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 you know, are able to bring up memories from beginning to now. Right. Um, what is the biggest piece of advice you would give somebody behind you in the, in the parenting process uh, or new dad, et cetera? I think one is just breathe it in because that can work in so many different ways, like being present, experiencing it, letting it kind of wash over you. Yeah. Realizing like you have to experience this now because it keeps changing and keeps changing and keeps changing. And also just breathe it in from the sense of like, it can be intense. It can be overwhelming. It can be stressful. You can run into problems, whether it's with your partner, with it's, work you know your life has just changed so much and just just breathe in yeah just breathe it's a good in. one um and the other is a bit related to one of those points which is like don't lose yourself in the bad way there's a good way to lose yourself into it and just embracing all of the incredible ways that your life has changed but it's easy to also lose yourself from being i am me this person, this individual with everything that good and bad mm-hmm. comes with that yep. to like, I am now concentrating on being a partner and being a dad and supporting my wife and supporting my child while still working. If that's one's own situation, whatever that might be. And it's, it's kind of easy to lose track of in the same way that like, if you get, when you get married or enter into a committed relationship, and you become a little less of a one and more of a two, you know, that you can potentially lose a little bit of yourself and some of that space to be yourself. And like, this is like that times X hundred percent. So just like trying to still find those moments to still be you and to give yourself the permission and the space to do that. And like, you're not letting your wife down and you're not letting your child down to do what you have to do for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's actually a really really powerful one. Um, I know my 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 wife talks about it all the time. Um, you know when she was in these mom groups and stuff like that, they talk a lot about how like they lose a lot of their identity uh, before being moms because now they're just kind of classified as moms. You know what I mean? Right. I, 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 sure. I feel I feel like we go through that too. Um, it's a little less biological, I guess, because we're not like our bodies aren't changing and we're not actually mm-hmm. going through the process of like breastfeeding and birth and like all that stuff. But like, I feel like it's almost self-inflicted that like we want to be classified as dads and we lose ourselves in wanting to be that. And then it's hard to get that identity back and separate yeah. kind of those two things. So I think that that's, but I, but I think that that separation is also very important or not necessarily separation, but including the entire package um, is very important. So I think that's really powerful. For I'm, sure. I'm with you on and that. also this, 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 excuse me, the societal expectations of everybody's role and what's yeah. expected from them. Right. Yeah. And like the idea that like, and look, all the love and respect in the world to the moms, this isn't about that, right? But that for the mom to take that time out that she needs for herself is healthy and great and something that absolutely should happen. We should absolutely support and do. But the possibility of there being the perception or for the dad to have his own internal feelings or be viewed by whether it's his partner or somebody else that for the dad to take their own little time out is like selfish. Uh, yeah. And I'm not saying that that's what it's like in every situation, but one can feel that way about oneself or maybe the partner does, or maybe that's how it's going to be looked at, but it's still so important. It's important. hundred percent. hundred percent. And even if you want to look at it in the least selfish way possible, you have to keep yourself healthy and grounded. Even if it's just for the sake of being the best partner and father that you can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let alone the fact that it's also about your own, your own health. And, you know, I know that that men's health story. Yep came out today about postpartum depression, which I'm, Sorry, which I'm actually, uh, which I'm actually a part of. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I read it. I read oh yeah. It. Um, I agree. I think that's very important. That's a great, great piece of advice might've been one of the best pieces of, of advice that, that that's come out of one of these conversations because it really, really, really is so important on, on both sides. Do you know what I mean? To, to be able to take time and not lose yourself and lose your identity and, and, 
and lose time for yourself to do what you need to be okay yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that was fantastic. Michael, I really appreciate this. This has been a, the, an awesome conversation. I just want to, I want to praise you again because I think what you, what you did with this reflection article is just awesome. Um, if anybody wants to, to check that out and, and read it, how can they, how can they find the article? Yeah, it's on medium. It's on medium.com. Um, because it's what I learned my first week as a dad five years later. So you can just Google that for anyone that might be interested. And I'll put, and I'll put a link up also in the, uh, in the show notes as well for anybody that wants to check that out. It's uh it's really cool. And it's a really awesome exercise that, that, that you did um, that I think more of us really need to, to do, whether it's the reflection part or whether it's actually tracking these awesome moments that as we embark on this kind of journey that we're taking as parents. Um, but dude, thank you again for coming on. I'm sure that we will talk very soon. Uh, yeah, I appreciate outdoor beers soon, man. We yes. Have to make a- Let's definitely uh, make a plan to get together in actual person. All right, man. Thank you so much. This was truly a blast. I Absolutely. Really thank, thank you. It was, uh, it was fantastic. I, I, I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you soon. Excellent, man. Cheers. Have, have a good one. And that is all for this week's episode of Dad Hard with the Podcast. As always, to connect on the fatherhood, brotherhood, shoot us an email at dadhardpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dadhardpod and check out the website wedadhard.com where this episode with my man Michael Liss will be right at the top of the playlist. Until next week, same dad hard time, same dad hard place. That's all for us. We're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Gotta remember the good times. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Right, right. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers.